I just talked about uh, uh, the WNBA, the Chicago Sky winning the championship, and uh, they had a they had a they tried they were expecting a huge crowd for their parade, and uh, no one came. So that's pretty awkward right there. But you know what's kind of worse and even more uh, hurtful and less encouraging is, um, you know, there's a lot of jobs available out there. And it's really rough when you have a job fair and you're expecting like thousands to come and uh, uh, like a hundred people come. Oh, that didn't happen. Yes, it did. Denver's airport's jobs fair hoped for 5,000 visitors. Only 100 people showed up. Denver International Airport held a concessions job fair this weekend hoping to see 5,000 eager prospective hires, but only about 100 people showed up. Underscoring the staffing uh, struggles companies across the country continue to face. You've got a very lofty goal to see about 5,000 people show up today. Um, that, that was the, uh, the DCA president, um, and he told this to ABC7. Only about 100 people ultimately attended the event Saturday. Uh, the job fair was intended to help fill about a 1,000 openings at the airport for jobs at stores, restaurants, and other businesses. Those openings also need to be filled sooner uh, than later, as concessions will return to normal operating hours starting November 1st. We've got anything from entry-level positions all the way to top executive management available out here. This is really, really sad. Guys, we're getting, re- we're getting ready for the holidays. Um, you, are, you already have the supply chain crisis. You already have that issue going on. That's a major problem. And now you have, and part of that issue is uh, there's no truck drivers and, and a lot of jobs, uh, a lot of jobs that need to be done for the supply chain issue to kind of help get better. Those jobs are empty. Now we're going to talk about flying and and travel and and getting souvenirs. It's rough. It is rough. I, I I've said this before and I'm going to continue to say it. Things are going to get worse before they get better. They needed to fill a thousand. Op- they needed to fill a thousand. Op- think about this. They needed to fill one thousand openings. They were expecting. 5,000 people to show up. Okay. 100 people show up. So if they hired everyone who came, only 10% of the openings would have been filled. At that point, you're like, well, well, well damn, we, we have to hire you because no one else is here. Guys, today's the 26th. They have to get up and running by November 1. Halloween is Sunday. The next day, Monday, is the first. They have they have six days. Six days to figure this out. Five, six days. And they and nothing. Nothing. It's going to get worse before it gets better. People simply don't want to work. I don't want to hear about COVID. You know, the, the Biden administration and, and left-wing talking boards are saying, well, you know, people are just kind of concerned about COVID. They're not they're saying people are concerned about COVID. 
People are not concerned about COVID. You want to know how I know? Football stadiums are being filled to the brim across the country. People are going to the beach. People are going to Disneyland. People, people are doing stuff. If people were afraid of COVID, they would be inside their home. It's that simple. If you're afraid of a virus, if you're afraid of getting sick, you wouldn't go outside and do recreational events. You wouldn't, you just wouldn't do that. You wouldn't go out and have fun. You would stay home because you're scared. You would say, you know what? My, my life is more important than going out to Disneyland. It's more important that I stay here at home than going out to eat. It's more important that I stay here than going to the beach. I don't want to hear about COVID. I don't want to hear the COVID argument. Oh, that's, that's why there's so many job shortages because people are just concerned about COVID. They want to make sure that they're safe. People know they're safe, but people don't want to work. Explain these other places that have, that their businesses, the businesses are booming in terms of customers, but they need help in terms of workers. They need help in terms of staffing. People are traveling. Not now, maybe not at the levels that they were uh, before, you know, of 2019, but people are starting to travel again. Halloween's coming up. We're a little bit removed from uh, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's. These these holidays are coming up. A hundred people showed up and they needed to fill a thousand openings and they were expecting five thousand. Five, they were expecting 5,000 people. And let me say this. They probably expected more. Aside from the worker shortage, they probably expected more than 5,000. But they said, you know what? Well, I'll just put a number out there. They, they may have been expecting like 10,000. But they said, you know what? There's a worker shortage going on. So we're not going to get as many as we think. Um, so we'll get about, we'll, we'll say, well, we can expect 5,000. Because we've got to fill 1,000 jobs. And I'll be damned, only 100 people come. What do you do if you're a business? What do you do? There are places that are desperate. I mean, desperate. Like they are practically on their hands and knees begging people to come to work. We'll hire you right now. We'll, McDonald's, that one McDonald's in Florida, they said, hey, we will give you 50 bucks just for coming to the job interview. You'll probably get the job anyway, but we will give you 50 bucks just for coming to the, to the interview. I don't know if you guys heard about this. Uh, this was this was uh, late October, but there were uh, college professors who were asked to work in dining hall because there was a worker shortage. I mean, just, it just this this is huge. This is at Michigan State University. While the dining hall usually employs approximately four thousand students, there were only twelve thousand currently work. Excuse me, not twelve thousand, twelve hundred currently working. To make up the difference, the senior vice president of the university, Vinny Gore, sent an email stating, Faculty and staff from around campus are invited to sign up to assist in the dining halls. We have specific needs during this evenings and weekends. He also included a link to a background check and list of tips to prepare for the first shift. You might as well not even... Here's my thing. If you're a business, at, well, at this point, it's like, I don't even want to do a background check. I just want people. I just need people. You murdered someone, I don't care. You raped someone, I don't care. You do drugs, I don't care. Because that's how desperate these people are. That's how desperate these companies are. They usually employ about 4,000 students. But there are only 1,200 working. 1,200. 
So slightly over 25%. They're saying, they, they're, they are asking faculty and staff who have nothing to do with the dining hall. They have nothing to do with the dining commons. Nothing to do with the eateries. And they're saying, we need help over here. This is, this is unbelievable. This is, this is unbelievable. I just, I, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I do not understand. Again, Biden sucks. Let's go, Brandon. And let me, let me also say this. I don't want to put all this on Biden. I put a good majority of it because when you pay people to stay home, people want ease. People want what's easy. I'll take less money to stay home than taking more money to go to work. But I also look at the American people, and Ben Shapiro talks about this. He talks about the the end of risk. People just don't, it's like Americans just don't want to risk anything anymore. I want to be completely and totally safe. I don't want to do anything. There's just, there's no, there's just no drive. There's no ambition to do anything anymore. There's no desire to work. It's just, it's just like evaporated. From you know video gaming to Netflixing and and sitting and doing nothing, and again this is not just Gen Z or millennials. There there are adults, full grown adults in their thirties, forties, fifties who are saying, "I don't want to work. I'd rather stay home." This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. People just don't want to work. There's just a lack of drive, a lack of ambition. Ah, that's that's just wonderful. That's just that's sensational. So that that sucks. Bunker down for the holidays, folks. Get ready. Get ready. Speaking of not working, Joe Biden. And by the way, this is according to CNN, not Fox News. Not not Breitbart. This is according to CNN. CNN analysis. Amid crises, Biden has logged more personal travel days than any president in decades. Decades. President Joe Biden has spent more days at his personal properties or at Camp David, the presidential retreat in his first months in office than any other president in recent history. Biden spent a total of 108 of his first 276 days in office either vacationing or working from his one of one of his two Delaware homes or from Camp David, according to a CNN analysis of Biden's schedule. That tally includes partial days when Biden split time between the White House and those other properties. Biden's frequent absences come as his administration has faced a number of crises less than a year into his first term. So 108 out of 276. So just doing some quick math, that's about 38, 39, 40%. He has spent pretty much out of 10 days, four of them he's vacationing. Four of them he's not at the White House. Four, and I'm going to, let me say this, I'm going to assume that he's not working. I'm going to assume that he's not working. Why, and why do I say that? Well, 
Joe Biden is low energy. We saw that on the campaign trail. Okay. They called a lid early in the day on the campaign trail. They said, you know what, Joe, that, 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 no questions for Joe. He's done for the day. No more events. It's a little late. We're done for the day. Now this man is president. Do you think he's going to Camp David or his beach home in Delaware or, or the big Biden house in Delaware and working? You have to be crazy. We, we, here, here's what I'm saying. Someone's not just going to gain work ethic. Someone's not just going to get into the job and just build up work ethic. Work ethic comes from within. It starts from within. It doesn't have to, it's, it's an intrinsic thing. It doesn't have anything to do with outside. So while he, when he's running for president, he's not actually president of the United States. He's running to become the president. And he's calling lids very early in the day, like, like three, five PM. Oh, it's it, okay. He starts late, finishes early. Last, last one, last one out. Last one out of the house. First one to go back home. He's doing stuff from his basement. Doing stuff from his home. That's why he's not president. There's no other work to be done. He's not actually running a country. Now he's in a position where he is commander-in-chief. He is the guy that the buck stops with. He is the president of these United States of America. And he's spending about 40% of his time at Camp David or one of his two Delaware homes, or, you know, his Delaware homes. It's unreal. A CNN analysis of Biden's public schedule indicates that the president has spent a significant amount of time away from the White House, particularly on weekends since his January inauguration, including this weekend trip to Delaware. Biden has taken 35 personal trips and spent all or part of 108 of his first 276 days in office at one of his Delaware homes at or at Camp David in Maryland. That includes partial days like Friday when he spent the day at the White House and departed in the evening. 69 of those 108 days away from Washington were spent at his home in Wilmington, spread over 23 visits, seven days uh, at his beach house, uh, over uh, over two visits and 32 days at Camp David over 10 visits. Unreal. Unreal. So 23, he's at the big Biden house. 23 of those uh, visits. Okay. Two of the visits, he's at his beach house. And 10 of those visits, he's at Camp David. While most presidents have prioritized taking time away from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Listen to this. This is the most time a president has spent away from the White House on personal travel at this point in the presidency in recent history. Biden's current pace is far ahead of those of his last three predecessors, Trump, Obama, and George W. Bush. At the same point in their respective presidencies, Trump spent 70 full or partial days outside of D.C., Obama spent 40, and Bush spent 84. Once again, Joe Biden is at 108, 108, 108 days. 
Bush was 84, Trump was 70, Obama was 40. And again, that's at, at the same point in their respective presidencies. Unbelievable. Biden's frequent absences from the White House come as his administration has struggled to handle multiple crises in the first months leading the United States, such as the surging illegal immigration, chaos in Afghanistan. By the way, still Americans over there. In case, in ca just in case you forgot. Supply chain dysfunction, uh, rising fuel costs, and COVID-19. The White House defended Biden's schedule, insisting that although the president has been absent from Washington, D.C., he is still working constantly for the United States. If, if, if you believe that, I think there's something wrong with you. Presidents of the United States are constantly on the job, regardless of their location, whether they're on a state visit overseas or just 100 miles from the White House for a short trip to Wilmington. White House spokesman Andrew Bates told CNN, Wherever he is, the president spends every day working to defeat the pandemic to ensure our economy delivers for the middle class, not just those at the top, and to protect our national security. Also, as all Americans can agree, it's important for leaders to avoid becoming uh, ensconced in Washington, D.C. In addition to his lengthy time away from the White House, Biden has also been noticeably absent from the media. Through September, Biden had done just 10 extended interviews with journalists since taking office, far behind the number of interviews done by Trump or Obama. From the Daily Wire, Biden's number of interviews is nearly six times less than former President Donald Trump had done by the same time in his presidency. The difference is much more stark compared to former President Barack Obama, who had completed 131, inter 131 interviews. My goodness, that's how many Obama did. Now, people really don't want to talk to Trump, so Trump did less, and Biden is far behind Donald Trump. Working hard, as, as the old saying goes, working hard or hardly working. I would say hardly working. This man is not with us. This man had no business ever even running. His family was selfish. They didn't care about him. His wife didn't care about him. His, 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 uh, his staffers don't care about him. They don't. This man had no business ever, ever declaring to become, trying to become president of the United States. It, 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 it was a waste of time. Biden's, back to the article, Biden's presidential interview count is also far off his pace when he was vice president in the Obama administration. By October of 2009, Biden had completed roughly double the number of interviews he had as president. The, the dearth of interviews reflects the Biden administration's bunker mentality and approach to the media. Again, we've never seen this from a president. We've never seen this from a president. On the campaign trail, they said, oh, Joe's busy. Joe's busy. He's busy. Although he was campaigning against the president of the United States. He was, supposedly Joe Biden was busier than the actual guy that was in the White House at the time. Now he's in the White House and he has no interest, no interest in talking to the media, in working, just, just no drive. This man is mentally, emotionally, and physically shot. Outrageous, man. Outrageous. He has spent 40% of the time on vacation. 
Can you imagine that? Imagine you working and 40% of the t- you have a job and 40% of the time you're on vacation. They may say, oh, he's working. I, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't believe he's working. That man didn't work on the campaign trail. That man worked a few hours and then he, he would get tired. And I can only imagine how much more the presidency uh, uh, just drains you. Do you really think this man is working? If he's working, Jeffrey Epstein is working. Okay. I just, it, it, it's, it's just, it's unreal. It's unreal. It's absolutely just out, outrageous. And again, we're, we're not even a year in. Just, just as a reminder, we are not yet a year in. Um, but here we are. So, um, Ilhan Omar is upset at the police. In Minneapolis, Omar's approach to crime includes backing the ballot measure to replace the entire Minneapolis Police Department. Representative Ilhan Omar blamed police for the recent rise in crime in Minneapolis, accusing the city's officers of not fulfilling their oath, their oath of office. Quote, what we must recognize is that the reduction in policing currently in our city and the lawlessness that is happening is due to two things, Omar said during a town hall event Saturday in Minneapolis, one of them she said is that, quote, the police have chosen to not fulfill their oath of office and to provide the public safety they are owed to the citizens they serve. This woman is, this woman is, this woman is horrible. She's horrible. This woman is out of her mind. We're going to, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to defund, we're going to defund the police. We're going to remove resources from the police which means that they're going to have to let some people go. They won't be able to respond to all the things that they need to respond to. They won't be able to have the resources that they need to do their job as well as they would be able to. We're going to demonize the police. So we're going to make it Im- almost impossible to recruit. This is, hap- this is happening all around the nation, by the way. Recruitment, not necessarily defunding the police, but it is unbelievably difficult, unbelievably difficult to recruit police officers. It is really, really hard all around the nation. And now she's saying, oh, well, they're, they're not, they're not doing their job. You don't like, Ilhan, you don't like it when they did their, you didn't like it when they did their job. You don't like it when police do their job. If they do their job is, oh, they're the slave catchers. Oh, they're racist. Oh, they, 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 they are, they are, they are the arms. They're an arm of white supremacy. These, the, the left is out of its mind. They're out of their mind. The lawmakers' comments come as violent crime has surged in Minnesota over the last year, rising 17%, which, while setting records for murders. Wow. Omar's approach to crime includes backing, backing a November 2nd ballot measure to replace the entire Minneapolis Police Department with a Department of Public Safety. The measure would remove the requirement that the city have a minimum number of officers based on the city's population. She's an idiot. She's an absolute idiot. If she if she would if she if she was in an elevator with me, I would I would have no problem saying that. 
Ilhan, you are an idiot. And when I say the left is out of its mind, I'm not just talking about Ilhan. I'm not just talking about her. Okay? In Seattle. My dad's, my dad's from Washington State. Okay. Uh, police and prison abolitionists could become Seattle City Attorney if voters don't wise up. Back from July, uh, July 28th. The city of Seattle is approaching a possible worst-case scenario in the race for city attorney. We may end up with two candidates who don't want to prosecute criminals, which fuels the city's crime surge. One of the candidates is a police and jail abolitionist. Polling suggests a three-way tie between incumbent left-wing Pete Holmes, moderate Republican Ann Davidson, Davison, and fringe abolitionist Nicole Thomas Kennedy. Thomas Kennedy is so far left that the left that she makes Holmes look conservative. Listen to this. Thomas Kennedy does not hide her extremist views. She brands herself with them, and it's got Seattle's militant activist base excited. The public defender calls herself an abolitionist. She doesn't believe in most prosecutions and says she will effectively legalize most crimes. Like many ignorant ideologues, she claims the criminal justice system is racist, and it's up to white heroes like herself to dismantle the system of oppression. Thomas Kennedy, according to this stranger, wants to cut the city attorney's criminal division. She would also stop prosecuting most misdemeanors. Unreal. Just unreal. They are, the left is out of its mind, man. By the way, the Seattle Times, who's, which is left-leaning, the Seattle Times editorial board, they're left-leaning. They have thrown their support behind the Republican. That's how bad it is over there. Since 2010, this is from the Seattle Times, since 2010, the casual attitude city attorney Pete Holmes took toward his prose prosecutorial authority fostered a somewhat lawless atmosphere in Seattle. Voters were right to reject Holmes' request for a fourth term in the August primary and should make a fresh start by electing Ann Davison to replace him. Davison, like Holmes, is a civil attorney but takes a far clearer view of the need for a strong compassionate order on city streets. This means intervening when troubled people in a way that preserves public safety and gets people to helpful services. A study of 100 people who had been frequently arrested for minor crimes found they had been repeatedly let go so rapidly that those 100 people have been charged with involvement in about 3,600 criminal cases. That isn't mercy, that's turning a blind eye to public safety and the need to get individuals uh, meaningful help. Davison is the only candidate serious about reforming the city's justice system to make Seattle a kinder, safer place. Her opponent, Nicole Thomas Kennedy, is a self-proclaimed abolitionist of policing and jails and has said she will cut back dramatically on the city's prosecutions of misdemeanor offenses. If given power, Thomas Kennedy could be a worse version of Holmes. Thomas Kennedy also has been an abrasive violence advocating presence on social media, which does not bode well for her ability to be an effective advocate for reasonable discourse and policy building. Thomas Kennedy's rhetoric and approach are so concerning that former Democrat, Democratic governors Christine Gregory and Gary Locke, as well as 30 retired judges, including former state Supreme Court Justices uh, Bobby Bridge and Phil Talmadge, have stepped up to endorse Davison. So a bunch of left-leaning individuals, so two former de Democratic governors have sided with a Republican. 
That's how crazy this woman is. This woman is crazy. It's unreal. It's unreal. That's from October that's from this article is from October 8th. And again, all links will be in the description. The left loves criminals. I don't know how many times I have to say it. They want to get rid of the police. They want to defund the police. They say police are racist. Okay, if you go out and use you, you steal something, well, over here in California, just hey, just just make sure it's just make sure it's under a thousand. Go on, go on, get out of here, you little rascal. Go ahead. They embolden criminals. Shoplifters raid Chicago boutique in broad daylight, steal tens of thousands in luxury purses. Which, by the way, insurance isn't going to cover. For those of you who don't quite understand that, uh, don't quite understand that part of business. Chicago thieves were seen on camera taking thousands of dollars worth of luxury purses from a store in the city. Video released by the Chicago Police Department shows two suspects brazenly taking purses from a Bottega Veneta uh, location near the Magnificent Mile. The incident occurred on October 11th around 2:54 p.m. 2:54 p.m. So this isn't this isn't them breaking in at at like two in the morning. This is this is around lunchtime, a little bit after lunchtime, and resulted in thousands of dollars in stolen merchandise. The video shows one suspect in the store walk to a door and allow a second suspect inside. The first suspect is seen pushing the store's employees away as the two people wearing hoodies rush to the merchandise floor and start collecting purses to take. Police are asking the public to come forward with any information on the incident. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll stop this issue. The incident is far from an, an isolated one. The store was previously hit by a larger group of shoplifters on September 20th when an employee admitted one person into the store and 11 other suspects, suspects rushed into the store after him. They stole about 35 handbags, with each purse retailing for thousands of dollars. The shoplifting crimes have also crept into Chicago's suburbs in recent weeks with video footage showing seven to eight men selling purses from a Bloomingdale's earlier this month. It doesn't stop. It does not stop. This is what leftist policies do. How many times do we have to see it? They embolden criminals. They want to get rid of police. Oh, you're, oh, you're, you're, you're an officer of the law? Well, you're not vaccinated, so uh, yeah, not anymore. Yeah, you you lose your job. You need police. Lori Lightfoot. She's she's you know she's putting the ha- she's trying to put the hammer down on on the Chicago Police Department. Chicago is a hellhole. I think there's you know I, I'm not really sure why anyone would want to live there. I've been there myself. But you have this situation where it's like okay. There's crime is out of control, but she's saying, you know what? We're going to defund the police and then we're going to add funds. You know, actually, that was a mistake. So we're going to give money back to the police uh, department. And then um, we are uh, we're, we're going to fire those who do not comply with the vaccine mandate. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. There's a piece I want you guys to read from the Wall Street Journal. Just just you you read it. I want you guys to read it. San Francisco has become a shoplifter's paradise. Walgreens has closed 22 stores in the city 
where thefts under $950 are effectively decriminalized. If you still, again, people say, oh, it's not really that. No, no, really. They made that the law. There's some place where it's like 950, 975, 985. But the general rule here is if you still merchandise and the mo- the merchandise totals up to less than being less than $1,000, nothing is really going to happen to you. I'm just telling you, this is what Democrat policies do. They love lawlessness. They love chaos. They hate police. It's outrageous the things that they embrace. The whole the whole BLM. Oh, uh, you know it's you know it's 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 the summer of love. It's you know they're 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 angry at, at the system, and so it's it's okay for them to go into that jewelry store and destroy that 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 small business where that family has poured everything they have into that store. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Insurance doesn't really cover that. Um, but you know, it, 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 it's social justice. It's social justice. So it's okay. They're arguing and fighting in the name of George Floyd and, and Jacob Blake. So it's okay for them to burn cars. It's, it's all right. It's all right. It's okay because they're doing it in the name of social justice, racial equity. This is crazy. It's crazy. And, it, and here's the thing. These policies only get... It, it, again, they race to the left. If you, just, if you just went back... If you just go back... Just go back... Um, two years. Just go back two or three years. Go find a Democrat. Go, go find like uh, Ocasio-Cortez... Say say you're in an elevator with her. Just be like, hey, AOC, what do you think about defunding the police? Even AOC would look at you and just be like, um, I I don't think that's the best idea. Um, we kind of need police. If you were to say that to Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, they would say, okay, that's kind of crazy. But just in two years' time, hey. It's good. We do need to defund the police. We need. We want less police. We need to. We need to let the criminals take over the streets. We need to just let. We just need to let the criminals just bash windows in, just set cars on fire. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's fine. What we're gonna do? We're gonna create a fund. So uh, when the, if they get uh, if these people get arrested, we can have a fund that that pays their bill and we can get them back on the street. Outrageous, outrageous. I, I, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. This is so frustrating. Stupid policies. It's it 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 really does shock me, and I I really don't understand why anyone would vote Democrat. I don't understand it. The left has lost its mind. They've lost their mind. They're pushing stuff. That doesn't make any sense. They make no sense when they talk now. They've changed words. They're talking about, you know, well, you know, it's, it's, it's fine if an eight year old wants to, wants to, wants to transition. It's, it's fine if we put them on hormone therapy. It's okay. It's good. These are good things. 
teaching critical race theory. They're pushing racism and, pe- and they're out of their minds. How they get any votes. It just, it just amazes me. It amazes me. Cause here's my thing. Um, Democrats can, a politician can pitch whatever they want. They can pitch whatever they want. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, people have to go into the voting booth and vote. They have to push the button. They have to pull the lever. They have to, they have to touch the screen. They have to fill out the ballot. So I, I look at people and I'm like, what is wrong with you that would make you want to vote for these individuals? It it makes no sense. Anyone with sense, anyone with sense, would 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 look at someone, would look at someone like uh, like what's her face that I just Nicole Thomas Kennedy. She should get no votes. If you're just a rational a rational person, left or right, or center or apolitical, would look at would look at her and say, um, yeah. Uh, she, she's an idiot. She's not going to get my vote. It's just unreal. It's unreal, man. I, you can only have bad policies to a certain point before you completely destroy the system. You can only, you can only chop at the base of the tree for so long before the tree eventually comes down. America is the greatest nation to ever exist. Hands down. There's no question about it. There's no argument. But if you, if we keep chopping at the base of America, if we keep chopping at the base of the American tree, it's eventually going to weaken, tilt, and then collapse. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I, I, I don't care how great a nation is. You can't keep chopping at something. That thing is going to get worse. The quality is going to decrease. You can't keep pushing bad policies. Hey, vaccine mandates. Hey, mask mandates. Hey, we're going to defund the police. Hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to tax, uh, uh, gains that haven't been made yet on the, on the market. We're gonna tax. We're gonna tax the billionaires out their pants. We're, we're, we're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna tax. We're gonna tax unrealized gains on the market. We're, we're going to. We're going to pay people to stay home. If someone wants to, if someone goes and steals something, as long as it's under a thousand dollars, we're not really gonna prosecute them, and nothing's gonna happen to them. You can only push bad ideas for so long before it destroys the system. And some people are saying, yeah, the system needs to be destroyed. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. We are we are self-inflicting injuries on ourselves. You can't keep shooting yourself in the feet. You can't keep shooting yourself in the face. You can't keep shooting yourself in the hand and expect to win the fight. China is laughing at us. They're like, what are those crazy, idiotic Americans doing? What are they doing? They're getting rid of their police. They're firing their officers if they don't get a vaccine. They're taxing the billionaires. They're, they're, they're taxing the ones who create the jobs at unbelievable rates. They're paying people to stay home. It, it, it's unreal. 
we can't keep pushing and 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 electing those who push bad policies and expect things to to go well it doesn't work it it just doesn't i don't know how many times we have to see it my goodness man it's it's so frustrating this is absolutely aggravating to me i'm a young dude i don't care i i in terms of politics i didn't really start following politics until 2008 okay and even then it was very light but i i've looked at things and i'm just over my young life it's like man we've really just done some really stupid things just in my time it's like why why would we push that idea oh defunding the police when i first saw when i first saw the whole defunding the police i'm like oh that's not going to catch on that is that that's not going to catch on anywhere not not a, not a couple days later i'm seeing more signs and more signs and more marches and more riots and more ridiculous protests saying to defund the police and 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 to fight, to to abolish police stations and and it's it, it, it's outrageous it's outrageous what they're doing you can only push you can only do bad things up to a point you reap what you sow if you keep sowing bad if you keep sowing evil if you keep sowing ridiculousness that's what you're going to reap i can't plant an apple seed and expect to get a lemon i can't expect to plant pumpkin seeds and you know i get pears it's that's not how it works you reap what you sow if you put in bad ideas if you put stupid idiots into into office and then you're surprised at the bad ideas that come from these stupid idiots in office it's like well duh i can't believe i can't believe the cost of gas i can't believe this i can't believe how expensive beef is gosh am i going to be able to get presents this year for my children orange man bad though orange man bad it's it's just it's unbelievable it's unbelievable it's people it's like humans just don't learn from our we don't learn from our mistakes we just don't it's 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 unbelievable to me we keep there's no reason we should be in the situation there's no reason but again we're just we're just getting started in this administration Virginia, what are you going to do over there? Okay, you got you got Yunkin, you got McAuliffe. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You've seen what happens when Democrats are in power. You see the bad things that take place. You see that red states are the ones that are succeeding. The red states are the ones who are help helping this economy stay afloat. I, I don't know if you saw this. I'll put a link. I'll put a link to this. A third. One third of all jobless claims in the nation. One third. Thirty-three percent of all jobless claims in this nation are from my state of California. Have a nice night.